The Direction Daily S&P 500 Bull and Bear 3X Shares ETFs. Trade under the ticker SPXL for the 3X Bull and XPSS for the 3X Bear. These leveraged ETFs seek a return that is 300% of the performance of the S&P 500 index for a single day. The S&P 500 index holdings include names such as Microsoft, Apple, Amazon, and Facebook, with index sector weightings including information technology, healthcare, financials, and consumer discretionary. These are highly leveraged ETFs with daily resetting designed for short-term trading, not long-term investing. To magnify your short-term perspective, whether you're a bull or a bear on S&P 500, you choose the direction. For up-to-date pricing and performance, go to direction.com. Index holdings are subject to change. Investing in the funds involves significant risk and should only be utilized by investors who understand the impact of leverage and actively monitor their portfolio. They are not designed to track the underlying index for more than a day before investing. Careful to consider a fund's investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses contained in the prospectus available at Direction.com. Read carefully. Distributor Foresight Fund Services. Passive income remains a priority for many investors, especially retirees, and today's ETF battles is a yield seeker's dream. It's an audience-requested triple header between covered call ETFs from Nuveen, Global X, and J.P. Morgan. You don't want to miss this one. Stick around. I'm Ron DeLegge, and this is ETF Battles. It's good to see you again. If you have a certain ETF contest that you'd like to see, send us your ticker symbols in the comment section below or on our Twitter feed, at ETF Guide. By the way, if you see an ETF battle suggestion by another viewer that you think uh, makes sense and you'd like to see, hit the like button for that suggestion, and that'll help us to prioritize the ETF battles that you want to see. Also, don't forget to subscribe to ETF Guide TV. Just punch the subscribe button and uh, never miss any of our original episodes. So today's ETF battles was requested by Kevin. He wanted to see QYLG from Global X go up against JEPQ from JP Morgan. FYI, JEPQ was launched on May 3rd and has a super limited performance history. So we decided to throw in QQQX from Nuveen to make this a triple header. All three ETFs use the NASDAQ 100 as their target index. So which covered call ETF is the better income strategy? Helping us to sort through it is Shana Sissel with Banrian Capital and John Davey with Astoria Portfolio Advisors. Judges, great to see you again. Thanks for joining us. Good to be here. Always fun to be on with John. Hey, everyone. So our four battle categories are cost, exposure strategy. We've got performance and yield combined. And then, of course, our mystery category. We'll blaze through each one of these one at a time. Our judges will weigh in with their viewpoints. And at the end of the show, we'll declare an overall winner. Keep in mind, none of the battle outcomes are ever predetermined or known in advance by myself or our judges. So let's kick things off with the first category, cost. John, please get us started. So just in terms of pure management fee, um, JEPQ is 35 basis points. Um, QYLG is 60. QQQX is 91. So I'd give a little bit of an edge to JEPQ at 35 basis points. It is a newer fund. It only launched early in, in this year. So, you know, it's still ramping up. It's like liquidity, you know, in terms of, you know, feasibility spreads and whatnot. But just purely from like management fee, which, you know, our industry obsesses over, I'd give the category winner to Je uh, JEPQ. Thank you, John. Shana, you're up next. How do you see it in terms of cost? Well, this is complicated. Um 
I don't know, maybe I just didn't get my information from the right place, but QQQX is actually a closed-end fund, not an ETF. So all sorts of complexity there. Uh, it is the most expensive. It has the premium discount issue uh, that closed-end funds have. Um, so it is definitely, even though it has the longest track record and the most assets, you know, has its issues. Um, JEPQ, while it does have the lowest cost uh, in terms of management fee, it has very limited liquidity. And so it trades with a fairly substantial spread and it has some liquidity issues. So if you were to go try to place this trade in your Fidelity account, in your Schwab account, your TD account, you will probably get some sort of uh, pop-up saying that it can't be placed as a market order. It needs to be placed as a limit order because of limited liquidity, which makes it a little difficult to trade. So even though QYLG is 60 basis points, which is high for an ETF, and it has the smallest assets, and it does have a fairly substantial expense ratio, uh, but it has slightly better liquidity. So I call this a tie uh, with the edge slightly going to JEPG because it has more assets and a lower expense ratio, but it is harder to trade. So really depends on what you're looking at. Cost solely uh, JEPQ, but uh, ease of trading QYLG. Thank you, Shana. And also for pointing out that QQQX is a closed-end fund, and I'm sure our judges will get more into that uh, in the next categories. Exposure strategy uh, is the next one. So Shana, you're still up. Give us your analysis uh, between these three products. So these three products are actually not all that different. They are all basically doing the same thing. They are attempting to replicate the NASDAQ 100. Um, QQQX and QYLG essentially have the identical portfolio, uh, with uh, QYLG having a slightly better uh, distribution yield from its covered uh, call writing. Um, JEPQ as does an optimization strategy. So it is not holding all 100 names that are in the NASDAQ 100. It optimizes. It's more like 57 to 60 names. Uh, but performance-wise and overall portfolio composition, they're pretty close. They're all doing covered call writing in essentially the same way. Uh, so quite frankly, from an exposure standpoint, uh, there really is a tie across all three. I don't find them at all substantially different. Like I said, JEPQ is slightly different in its optimization strategy. But in the end, if you look at the holdings, they're pretty much exactly the same and they're weighted very similarly. John, you're up next. How do you see the breakdown between these ETFs in terms of exposure strategy? Shannon brought up a lot of good points. You know, close end fund, you got to like, you know, put that in a separate box because there's leverage issues, there's premium discounts. Those generally aren't very liquid. Um, so yeah, I have an issue with that. Um, you know, I think J I, I want to keep calling this JEPI, but like JEPQ is like model after like JEPI, which is like the wildly successful actively managed option over an ETF by Jeep Morgan. And you know, like, so I like, you know, kind of more active management because that's our background. And I feel like I'd rather have a proven manager actually pick the stocks based on their fundamental analysis. From what I looked at quickly, it says it uses like some ESG factors. So I think that's somewhat interesting. Um, I like that it has already like half a billion of assets. So now that that shows strength, right, in terms of like the issuer. Um you know, I would probably give the edge more to to 
JEPQ, um, just because I think those guys have like a time tested approach, and I'd rather pick and choose, you know, the actual stocks that you think are more favorable for option overriding conditions, which you know in general is a strategy we think makes sense with very limited upside, given all the cross currents going on on the macro front for stocks. Um, when we get into yield, I'll hedge what I just said because I think there's a very particular nuance that we have to talk about in terms of like div yield and what you're actually getting. But let's just say my winner is Jep Q. Okay, I got you down for Jep Q for the exposure strategy. Next up is performance and yield, which John alluded to. So, John, you still have the floor. Give us your take. You know, the game has changed now that you've got, you know, Fed funds, you know, two years at 4% give or take whatever day, you know, is going on in the marketplace. But you just have to be careful because I know guys pile into these option over an ETS because they'll give you like a 10% yield. But, you know, the actual underlying could be down 20, 25%, which it is for QQQX and QYLG. Um, so you just got to be real careful, right? Because like you don't want to buy it just because you're going to get 10% yield because your principal will go down. So... You know, I just think you have to be really, really careful. I mean, there's very limited history for JEPQ. You've got more history for QQQX because it's been around for a long time. It's been around since 2007, but that's really like a closed-end fund. I mean, if you told me in 2007, would you want to sell calls on the NASDAQ index or would you want to collect, you know, some type of carry of like 10% per year? I mean, five-year annualized return of, of QQQX is like 6 7%. Whereas, you know, the NASDAQ is far greater than that. So I think you got to use these as like tactical tools depending on your view in the market. So I don't really have a category winner uh, based on everything I just said. Thank you, John. Shana, you're up next. How do you see it when it comes to performance and yield? I agree with John. The two ETFs have super limited history. Uh, JEPQ uh, obviously just launched, so there's like no history. Uh, QYLG launched in 2020, so its history is somewhat limited as well. In a very specific type of market environment, QQQX, as John pointed out, has a much longer history, but closed end funds have this very nuanced thing that a lot of people don't understand, which is that they don't trade based on their nav. They trade based on premium discount of the demand for the shares. Uh, and so oftentimes, you know, there are strategies out there that literally arbitrage closed end fund premium discounts, uh, because it is such a, uh, it can be very problematic. Um, this is, again, as John pointed out, really a tactical thing. Yes, all three of these have substantial yield. Uh, JEPQ is showing on their website a projected predicted yield of 17.51%. But again, that is projected predicted because they don't have any history to really like substantiate that. Um, you have a 13.3% distribution yield for the QYLG. Uh, again, this is two years uh, in a volatile environment, which tends to be good if you're writing any sort of options. Um, anybody who knows anything about the Greeks, and I somewhat understand the Greeks, but I'll try to simplify this. When the markets are more volatile, you get paid more to write options. So it's been a very advantageous environment since 2020 to be writing options contracts. I don't know how, um, how 
durable this is. Uh, QQQX suggests it's not particularly durable. It has a distribution of 8.87, and it's been a lot less than that at times. Um, none of these really stand out to me as winners. Um, again, as John pointed out, if you want NASDAQ exposure, just go with the NASDAQ. This is very tactical if you want downside protection, but I would argue as the queen of alts, as Cynthia Murphy called me, and I'm going to milk that as long as I possibly can. Uh, I, uh, I just think that the, if you're looking to hedge and you want downside protection, that there are alt products out there that will give you the diversification benefits without, you know, the equity beta. And so to me, none of these are truly winners per se. That takes us next to the mystery battle category. This is where our judges could give us that single factor or multiple factors that they think are crucial to today's matchup. So Shana, what is your mystery battle category and which ETF or which of these products wins it? It's hard, again, because there's not a lot of data on JEPQ. Uh, I can tell you that QQQX uh, is bottom of the three for me because, again, it's a closed-in fund. Um, I think that, as John pointed out early on, JEPQ has um, sort of the benefit of the experience of his management team, a really strong sponsor in JP Morgan. Uh, lots of good experience there having that larger firm behind it has helped to gather assets. JP Morgan tends to only launch product when they can seed it with substantial money from their private bank clients. Uh, that tends to be why they launch products uh, with lots of assets right off the bat. Um, and so I think that from a standpoint of a fund that has better durability and can survive over the long term, I think the winner here is JEPQ. But again, the two ETFs have super limited track records and history. And I'm not in love with these covered call writing strategies as a downside protector or a yield producer. So slight edge in this category to JEPQ. John, what is your mystery battle category and who wins it? I would say fun flows just because I've been sticking on that one for a couple of years now as a judge on your show, Ron. But, you know, the market kind of speaks for itself. So JEPQ has got, you know, half a billion dollars of inflow, uh, which seems pretty strong, uh, and far and exceeds, you know, um, the other two people. I mean, well, in the case of the closed end fund, there's no like inflow, um, but the the global X one has about sixty million of inflow. So, I would give it to JEPQ. That takes us to the part of the show where our judges can give us their overall battle winner. So, John, give it to us. You know, we don't use option over any ETFs. Um, Shannon says something very important before about you know downside protection or yield, like. It's not really going to give you either of those. I mean, it's going to give you high yield, but you know, I always say yield per unit of risk. And you know, yes, you can get 10% yield on option overriding funds right now because vols are juiced and you're selling expensive premium. But you know, at the end of the day, like you're going to give your principal downside away. Um, so you know, it's hard for me, Ron, to speak on your show positively when we can't get our backs behind a product. Um, so, you know, we don't have our backs behind option override and right now, although I know conceptually makes sense because, you know, upside is limited, but we would give the category winner to JEPQ just because I think you want to be more active and pick and choose which options and strikes. And those guys have a proven track record of doing that. So I'd give JEPQ as the overall category winner. Shana, your final chance to weigh in with your overall winner. I agree 100% with John. I don't love these strategies. This particular option overlay on the NASDAQ, I really dislike because while the NASDAQ has quite a bit of downside, um, 
it's something I don't want to cap my upside on when the NASDAQ's working. I don't love these types of strategies. If I were going to use some sort of covered call or buy right strategy, I like to go with sort of the godfather of them all and use the gateway fund, uh, which has been around literally forever um, and does this better than anybody, but does it on the S&P 500. Um, but it's not an ETF. It's a mutual fund. So you got to keep that in mind. There are some covered call writing strategies out there. And for example, Swan Global also has a S&P covered call sort of uh, option strategy in their HEGD fund. Um, but if I'm going to look for ways to do downside protection, I want the diversification benefits of using something that's more hedge fund-ish. Um, and these don't appeal to me at all. Uh, to John's point, if I had to, if you like put a gun to my head and asked me of the three, which one would I go with? Because you absolutely want to be in it. I agree. Uh, JEPQ is my pick because it has, you know, more stability better assets. I think it has, you know, marketing wise, it'll be able to continue to gather assets. Um, and so that's the one I'd go with. But quite frankly, if you want yield, I'm not doing it through these types of strategies. I'm going to go and look to to generate yield in other ways um, and not cap my upside with, you know, downside protection. Sometimes uh, you got to, you have to use treasuries as um collateral for these things. And so, you know, in a market like today where treasuries are getting killed and so are equities, they can not perform the way you would expect them to. And sometimes they don't offer downside protection at all. This is strictly your only uh, protection here is the yield. Well, thank you, judges. And according to my battle scorecard, this is a narrow victory for JEPQ from JP Morgan. And our judges don't really like these strategies uh, this covered call writing strategy, as pointed out, for many reasons, uh, they do did like JEPQ just for its actively managed uh, strategy. It's also got better asset flows, and of course, uh, it is the little brother to its bigger brother JEPB, and uh, maybe that uh, association will help this fund to grow up. It is a new fund, as pointed out, just recently launched in May of 2022. But uh, again, our judges raised some great points. Don't be enamored just by yield alone. Look at the full spectrum of market risk. Also, the climate that we're in, principal protection is very important, as pointed out by our judges. And overall, a great job. Thank you so much, Shana, for your insights, as well as John. Both of you did an outstanding job. Thanks so much for having us. Thanks, everyone. Be sure to visit the description section below. We've got links to our judges. And while you're there, check out the link to our program sponsor, Direction Investments. Which ETF battles would you like to see in our next episode? Post your ticker symbols in our YouTube comment section below or on our Twitter feed at ETF Guide. I'm Ron DeLegge. Thanks for watching. We'll see you next time. The Direction Daily S&P 500 Bull and Bear 3X Shares ETFs. Trade under the ticker SPXL for the 3X Bull and XPSS for the 3X Bear. These leveraged ETFs seek a return that is 300% of the performance of the S&P 500 Index for a single day. The S&P 500 Index holdings include names such as Microsoft, Apple, Amazon, and Facebook, with index sector weightings including information technology, healthcare, financials, and consumer discretionary. 
These are highly leveraged ETFs with daily resetting designed for short-term trading, not long-term investing. To magnify your short-term perspective, whether you're a bull or a bear on S&P 500, you choose the direction. For up-to-date pricing and performance, go to direction.com. Index holdings are subject to change. Investing in the funds involves significant risk and should only be utilized by investors who understand the impact of leverage and actively monitor their portfolio. They are not designed to track the underlying index for more than a day before investing. Careful to consider a fund's investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses contained in the prospectus available at Direction.com. Read carefully. Distributor Foresight Fund Services.